Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. And I'm so thrilled to hear back from so many of you and your wonderful reviews of the podcast, and especially those of you who are actually making a living doing what you love doing. And my guest today can help you do that. Isn't that great? Like to be on your purpose in life and monetize it. I'm going to introduce Mark LeBlanc. Mark is the consummate business speaker, author, he's business coach. Um, he has a book, Growing Your Business, and it's been an underground bestseller. And he's so friggin' athletic. Next summer, he's going to go on a short, like, okay, 500-mile walk across Spain for the first time. Thank you, Mark, for coming on my podcast. Oh, thank so you, awesome. Judy, for having me. We know each other from the National Speakers Organization, and you speak everywhere. Well, we did. We all used to speak <laughs> everywhere and hug each other and shake hands and eat out at restaurants. I mean, you used to do all of that. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, I'm actually somewhat COVID giddy. Um, and uh, I, I think the opportunity to do thing, more things virtual uh, is extraordinary. Um, I, I, don't, I don't need to be on, I don't need to make 50 trips a year anymore. Um, I love being in front of audiences, but I love the opportunities that are that are happening today on Zoom and other similar platforms. I it, it is. I mean, I I myself I'm teaching uh, people how to turn their purpose into a webinar, and I knew you're doing stuff. So let me ask you a couple things. Like, I'm not a lot of people um, really don't like their day job. <laughs> Most people just. <laughs> don't, although a lot of people do feel, you know, are unemployed and some people are going through transitions. And um, on, on this podcast we had in one of our last few sessions, we talked about, you know, the difference between purpose and passion. And today I really would love it if you had some tips on how does one actually profit from having the you want to be a speaker right you want to go out and speak and you feel like you have a strong message well is there a way to really monetize that um, i think there is and i think part of it is you need to uh, think like an artist uh, but you need to act like a business owner um, and as a business owner, you have roles and responsibilities and expectations. And um, even if you're half-time or part-time, you need to make sure that you are compensated well. Um, as you well know, as I've been following you for more than 20 years, um, how, <laughs> how great is it when we can earn a living from the very thing we want to help make a difference with? Yes, and I love what you said. Think like an artist, but act like a business person because as well as you know, I maybe you don't know, but I'm from the comic and acting field mm -hmm. where everybody's going to think, well, someday my agent will come, my manager 
is going to take care of all of that mm -hmm. for me. But not true, right? It's not going to happen. And uh, er, in, our, in my earlier days, and of course, many speakers dream about having a speaker's bureau or an agent, you know, or even an assistant that will just fill their calendar and tell them where to go and when to go and, and here are your plane tickets. Um, but I think there's so much more uh, that goes into making um, the business of your passion work. So let's talk about some essentials about growing your business. What are some of the essentials of your underground bestseller? Go ahead. Well, uh, you know, I think there's um, a, a lot of people will come up to me and they'll say, I want to do what you're doing, or I have a particular uh, uh, a passion. Uh, Mark, I have a passion for inspiring young people. And I don't really do this anymore. <laughs> um, but I used to uh, say, well, gosh, that sounds great. Uh, may I ask you a question? And he or she would say, well, yes. And it's like, well, tell me what you're really doing to make this passion work. And it's like, well, um, I'm not really doing anything because I've got my day job, and uh, but I'm really passionate about inspiring young people. And and on more than one occasion, I've looked at the person and said, may I speak freely? And they'll look at me and they'll say yes. And I'll say, if you're not, if you are not specifically doing something, even in the smallest way, each and every single day towards your passion, I'm not so sure you're passionate about this. I think you're, you, you might be merely interested in inspiring young people. Mm. And so even if you can't be full time at, at the present time, you need to be working um, towards fulfilling that dream. Because a dream unfulfilled, or if, if you truly have that desire to make a difference with young people or teenage girls with all of the you know, challenges that they have. I mean, I have a 17-year-old um, girl um, who uh, wrote a book about um, mental health. Um, and she wrote it while she was a junior in high school, and it's published, and it's become a bit of a bestseller. Um, we find time for what we're passionate about. If we're not truly passionate about it, we will find one more reason that will get in the way of doing what we want to do. So the real test is, are you taking action on your passion, right? Mm -hmm. That sounded yes. like something I could go into a rap about, but I'm, I'm not going to. So, so, you, there's always time, like that excuse. I don't, well, I have a day job, well, I have a family, well, there's COVID, well, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, it's Wednesday, <laughs> whatever, whatever it happens to be, that that will tell you something. In other words, so there's the people who go, well, yeah, you know, I'm really passionate about something, but they don't, they really don't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, is it the reason they don't do anything? I mean, can't you have passion, but not know what to do? Like what to do about it? 
Well, uh, um, I suppose, but most passion stems from a talent, a talent, a skill, an ability. And if you take that talent, if you take that skill and you take that ability, and first and foremost, you are working to improve and master that talent, whether it's writing, whether it's comedy, whether it's playing uh, the guitar, whether it's singing, um, that there is evidence that you are in the game improving continuously that particular talent or skill or ability. Um, as you begin to master or become more masterful with that skill or talent, that's then where uh, passion really takes over. Um, it's like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that people are asking me to do this. Um, and most, most speakers really start out as hobby speakers. Uh, when I started 38 years ago and I found out that you could speak and get paid I thought, game over. I, I don't care what I'm speaking on. I just, I, I was 21 years old. I went home for Christmas a couple of weeks later and I told my dad, I said, I now know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he said, what's that? I said, I'm going to be a professional speaker. At and 21 said, years at, old? At 21, I had just gone to my first meeting of the Minnesota National Speakers Association a group of about 20 speakers, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Um, I couldn't believe that this could be a career. What did your and dad my, say? My dad said, can you make any money doing that? And I said, I don't know, but I met this group called the National Speakers Association and they're all rich. Um, now, <laughs> now I, I had a talent for speaking, um, but I didn't know what my purpose for speaking was. There was definitely no real passion yet. There was a lack of confidence. You know, my calendar was light. My confidence was low. My desire was great. It was like, this is it. But the best thing that happened for me at 21 was uh, the words I shared with my dad. I now know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And you're that, over 21 now. I just want to... Tell people I, that. I'm <laughs> so celebrating that my, my 38th year um, of, of not only being a professional speaker, but of being in business for myself. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, you discovered a really good organization. I was a member of the National Speakers Association. Mm -hmm. And I always had um, that passion. I discovered speaking much later on because right mark it wasn't there at high school vocational day right <laughs> right there was no hey do you just want to talk and not get interrupted and afterwards have people hand you a big fat check um <laughs> like if that was their high school that would have been me um but uh, i i didn't know it existed until i wrote a book went on Oprah and after I got a call that said, hey, we want you to come and talk about humor. Oh, you want me to do my show? No, not so much. Just talk <laughs> about how to lighten up a couple stories and, and it's for the national fruit and produce. There'll be a dancing avocado behind. Oh, okay, it's just like for like, uh, I have to do nine shows for the week. No, 
No, just come in. Oh, um, um, so do you want me to take a plane? Well, we'll fly you coach, of course. You can stay at the Four Seasons. Wait a second. Let me get this straight. <laughs> the dancing avocado sounded okay after they told me. That I think then it was like, we're going to give you $7,500. And, and, and now I know that's the low end. And this is way back. And, and fly me first class? Pick me up at the airport? I was a comic. I was staying in the roach-infested comedy condos, right? So Where, where somebody amazing. died the week before in your room. Oh, yeah. Oh, comics are just disgusting the way they live. I just, just disgusting. So, so I was like, this is amazing. So let's, let's just say somebody has a talent for standing in front of people because I come from the world of stand-up comics and um, they know, they, they have stage presence, they know how to stand in front of people, they don't know how to get work particularly, and there's just too many of them. So what, what is something as far as finding that niche, that thing that you're going to speak about, like what's going into business for yourself? What, what do you do, especially now during COVID? Well, if we follow the the line of professional speaking, um, the real key is, uh, I call it the magic formula. Um, you want to position yourself as the right speaker, speaking on the right topic, standing in front of the right audience. Um, you might have confidence in yourself as a speaker, but if you're trying to speak on four to eight different topics, you, you can't be an expert, or in fact, you can't even be passionate about four to eight topics. So I encourage speakers, find the one topic that you get the most excited about. Even if you wanna speak on multiple topics, what's the one of four? Or what's the, what's the primary topic? Now, being a topic speaker is not enough. You want to position yourself by the outcome of that topic. Example: If you have a, if 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 you if your purpose, if if you like standing or in front of small groups or large groups talking about team, the topic of team building. Okay, team building is just the topic. Um, that's a need. That's a problem. Um, we want to begin to look at what is the outcome of that topic. And there can be several outcomes to a topic. One being working better together. Well, if you go to a decision maker and say, hey, I'm a speaker or trainer on team building, you're a dime a dozen. Um, it's like, oh, well, we brought somebody in here on team building about four years ago, but you know, not much has really changed. Um, what we really want in our organization is for people to work together better. What we really want is for them to play better in the sandbox. Well, if all of a sudden you begin to lead with the language that most resonates with your prospect, they are more likely to invest in the outcomes you provide versus paying to satisfy a need or solve a problem. Wow. So I love this magic formula. 
which is the right speaker with the right topic in front of the right audience with um, pitching it in terms of not just the topic, but the outcome. Mm -hmm. That's what you, what you, which is really like gives you your purpose in your career. It's like, what are you going to give people? It, it really is. And for example, when I started 38 years ago, all I knew was I wanted to speak. You know, that was a super, that was a developing superpower of mine. But I didn't really know what I wanted to speak on. And so I came out of the gate trying to, it didn't matter. Um, and you and I both know that that's where many speakers start. And we often end up being a book report oh, you need a speaker on this, I'll go do some research and I'll be ready to go in four months. Um, and it took me a while to really settle in on the topic of business development. But nobody- How did you get that? How did, I know, mean, that's the thing, you're talking about niching yourself, right? You're talking I, about like a funneling down your topic and the outcome. And of course that outcome has to be something that you're, have expertise in, but it also has to be something that people need. So that's like the perfect balancing act. But how do you have, because this is called magic, I love magic, and, mm -hmm. and you have that formula, is there a formula to niche oneself to find out what that is? Well, I, I can share the moment. It was in 96. I'd been speaking for 12, 13, 14 years, not getting very far. And I had multiple topics, multiple programs. And one day I woke up, Judy, true story. And um, I used some rather colorful language. Um, and it was like, if I could, if I could do, if I could do my growing your business presentation 50 times a year at my then fee of $2,000 a pop, I'd be happier than a pig in mud. That was my, that was a defining moment for me. I threw everything else away and three years later wrote the book, Growing Your Business. And I began to position myself as the growing your business guy. People, people organizations need business development. They want business growth. And so it's, it's finding that, that, what do they need? What comes from satisfying that need? And I call it the trifecta. And you uh, may have uh, heard this before in your authorship circles, but speech title, book title, and domain name, the same. There's a lot of power in, oh, we need to find some, you know, we need to find somebody that can help our members grow their business this year. Oh, I know. Let's get the guy or the gal who wrote the book, Growing Your Business. Oh, well, how do we reach him? Oh, well, let's go to his website, growingyourbusiness.com. Oh, look, here's his email address, mark at growingyourbusiness.com. Well, in time, in time, I became the Growing Your Business guy. Now, I do Growing Your Business from 30 minutes to three days or anything in between. And that's part of the productization of your purpose or the productization of your passion. 
wait, wait, this is getting sexy. Not only alliterations, but, <laughs> well, wait, wait, it's, uh, okay, Pro product, say that again, product, uh, the productizing, yeah, the productization of your, of your purpose. Okay, so product, productization of your purpose mm -hmm. means that, and of course we talk about, in, and we've talked many times about your purpose is the gift you are able to give others to make them be more on their purpose, correct, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. All right, so then we talk about that. So now we talk about, well, what form does it take? So you're talking about, let's talk about some of the products that one can grow your business um, and extend uh, your influence. The, the easiest way to think of it is almost like being a, an owner of a restaurant. Okay. Um, you'd never open a restaurant and uh, put on the outside of your, of your building, we have food. <laughs> you know, and if you, walk, if you walked in and there was no menu, and uh, a waiter or a waitress came over to you and said, well, what are you hungry for tonight? Well, I, I don't know. Do you have a menu? It's like, well, no. What are, how hungry are you? You know, just tell me what you want and I'll, we'll put together a dish for you. And, and so even as a, as a speaker or, of, of, or, or any type of creative person, you need to develop uh, or define a menu based on your profit centers. So a restaurant has five profit centers. They've got their appetizers, their soups and salads, their entrees, their desserts, and their bar and beverage with different multiple items in different profit centers. The best restaurants by and large are known for something. They either have the best bowl of chili uh, a great hamburger, the best key lime pie in Murray's uh, in downtown Minneapolis, fine dining. Their signature dish is their silver butter knife steak. Judy, if you eat beef, do you eat beef? Yeah. When when you come to Minneapolis, I'll take you for out for a silver butter knife steak. We're going steak. out? The house? Um, well, maybe not. <laughs> Maybe in a while, <laughs> when, when things open up. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they built their brand on their silver butter knife steak. That's what they're passionate about, is their silver butter knife steak. Um, they've, their menu is, is amazing. And I've, I, I, they've got nine different steaks. I think I've touched them all. Um, uh, and they've got great walleye and they've got great salmon and even their water is better, um, you know, than anywhere else. Um, but they built their brand on their silver butter knife steak. So I built my brand on my growing your business presentation. But when you talked about productization, let's, let's get, um, take the metaphor back to um, um, speaking. Mm -hmm. and talk about the various products and you talked about appetizers main course cocktails um, so i would imagine we have coaching and can we talk a little bit about about isn't that sure. what you're talking about that it, what that we form different products from our purpose 
Exactly. So I have five profit centers. I have a speaking profit center, a public seminars profit center, a coaching profit center, a products profit center, and a licensing profit center. And I love them all. And in every profit center, I have multiple offerings. And, um, but everything that I have serves up the umbrella outcome growing your business. So my coaching options, my keynote speech, um, my three-day Achiever Circle business retreat, everything is designed to deliver business development under the umbrella outcome of growing your business. If you began to look at what could that topic be that you could deliver in multiple formats? I see. This is, this is you know, this is so awesome um, because I'm just listening for myself because I'm very good at a, a lot of different mm. things, right? And some of the things I do, um, my, as you say, the productization of my purpose, I make a lot of money at, but I don't particularly enjoy them, um, right? So my passion isn't there. And then there's some things that, God, I could do forever, but they're not profit centers. And how, how do you address that? Because I'm sure a lot of people out there do relate to that. A lot of my listeners, you know, where they make their profit is sort of on their message, their purpose, um, but it's not doing it for them. It's too much work. It doesn't bring them... You know, that whole thing, does this bring me joy? Get rid of it if it doesn't. How do you address that? Well, sometimes there are things that we have on our menu because we need to have them on our menu. Um, there are things on our menu that we want to do. There are things on our menu that we love to do. Um, tangible example, I want to be a business coach. I've done very well. I've worked with over a thousand clients. I've clocked over 20,000 business hours, one-on-one -on -one coaching. But I, and even though I want to speak, I love delivering my three-day retreat. That's the bomb. So somebody could hire me to do a keynote speech and it's like, hey, great, I got a gig. And I'll, I'll give it my best and knock their socks off and prepare and be ready. Um, I'm not even going to say I love that. I want to do more of that. It's like, listen to the language you use with yourself. Um, I'm doing this and this and this. It's helping pay the bills. I enjoy it. But I really love doing this. And then I'll ask people, well, what, are you, what actions are you taking to specifically do more of what you love? Let everything else come along for the ride. I see, because you can't be passionate about anything. I love signing books. Love mm -hmm. it. Love signing books. Connect, connecting and taking pictures with people. And oh, those, that was in my past life before COVID. But I hate writing books. 
So there's, right? Like, I love getting a gig. Judy, the committee has decided to go with you. I love signing contracts. <laughs> I hate packing. I hate leaving my house. I hate time changes. I hate schlepping all the way around, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, you know, because we, we've talked about passion and purpose, and there are elements that, you know, of everything we do that's so unpleasant, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, to do more of what you love, there are certain things that you've got to do along the way in order to do more of what you love. And most people, Judy, are not willing to pay the price. They're, they're not willing to do the work. Um, every great baseball player, every great Olympian, um, I'm not sure they get up, you know, uh, one year before the Olympics or you know, and say, hot diggity dog, I get to do a thousand reps today. Right. <laughs> um, well, you're, that is, Mark, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I know a lot of people want to be getting in touch with you. So we're going to put the website in the description. Um, Mark LeBanc, thank you so much. I just want to do a little recap for everybody on this is um, on turning your purpose into profit. Well, first of all, you think and act like an artist, but be a business person. And, and if you're passionate about something, it's meaningless unless you take action. And talent is usually equated with passion, and you really need to work on that talent, master that talent. And if you want to speak, and get paid, you gotta have Mark LeBlanc's magic formula, which is to be that right speaker on the right topic in front of the right audience. And then when you prepare your topic, um, you gotta think of like, what is the outcome you're promising? Because that's the secret to monetizing it, to give, that's what people are paying for, the ROI on their investment when they hire a speaker is like, what are you going to give them? What outcome are they going to get? And then you talked about trifecto. Did I say that right? Trifecto? I'm sorry. I, I didn't trifecta. know that. Yeah. Trifecta. All right. I, I don't think that's Yiddish. But anyway, you, you know, once you find your message, just make it your speech, try your domain more. Name your first baby after that. <laughs> I just see your kid name growing your business. We just call her biz or grow, what other, but, but it's always great. And then I love this word, Mark, that you use productization of purpose. You know, how, what is your menu for your business? Not just one thing, but perhaps many, many different things. And guess what? Your final advice, which I just, I just love, are you willing to do the grunge work, to do what you have to do in order to do what you love? Thank you. This is the Power of Purpose podcast. For your special gift, 
go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University, which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's themessageofyou.com.